Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. No, you have not made contact, unfortunately, with the great one. Be off this week. Mark, out of the bullpen. The handy-dandy knuckleballer, the righty Dan Bongino, back in the flesh, talking about himself in the third-person Bob Dole style. The kid is back, and, and I might add, back with the dream team of Rich and Rich, which almost never happens anymore. I got a little hay from Rich in the back. I know, I keep missing the great one, Mr. Producer. The great one, the great producer, Mr. Producer himself, the original Mr. Producer, who, by the way, I stole your title for the producer on my Joe, who I aptly named Producer Joe after Mr. Producer. So does everybody else. Thank you, Rich. Do I have a show lined up for you today, folks? Oh, boy, do I ever. We're asking all the wrong questions about this whole Mike Flynn thing. you know that? And it's not your fault. Don't worry. Uh, You're all busy. I mean that. You're working. You're dealing with this Wuhan virus right now. Some of your businesses are struggling. You got kids at home you're dealing with. Your job is not to go out and and research the fine points of all the Obama scandals because who the heck has the time? There's so many damn scandals. There's just not enough time to investigate them all. But that is my job, Dan Bongino. Dan Bongino's job is to go out and dig up the Obama scandals and to get them to you. And the question nobody's asking in the media because they want to cover up the whole Mike Flynn debacle, because it's about something bigger than Mike Flynn, is who ordered the hit on Mike Flynn? I don't mean the Donnie Brasco hit. I mean the surveillance hit on Mike Flynn. Dan, what do you mean, Daddy-O? I was told he was unmasked, Mike Flynn. In other words, that we were listening in on the Russians. You know how that is. We always do, and that's a good thing. The Russians are not our friends. We should be listening in on the Russians. They're a nuclear power. And Putin can't stand us. But Mr. Producer, weren't we told that we were listening in on the Russians and as part of like incidental collection, looky here, we just magically found a call by Mike Flynn, December 29th of 2016, where he happened to be talking to the Russian. I don't know how that happened. Just crazy. Incidental collection. The Russians were talking to some dude in the United States. We unmasked the name. In other words, we took the redaction off it. Oh, it's Mike Flynn. Wait, let me feign surprise. Oh, oh, oh. What? What? Feign surprise. You ever see that movie, The Amazing Spider-Man? Underrated. I liked Andrew Garfield. When Aunt May comes in the room and Peter has all like the charcoal dust on his face and he said because he was fighting with the lizard dude or whatever. And Aunt May says, what were you doing? He says, I was cleaning the chimney. And Aunt May says, well, we don't have a chimney. He goes, what? This was me when I heard Mike Flynn was on. What? Mike Flynn was unmasked. He was. And it was all just an innocent mistake or so the media's told you. We were just listening to the Russians and oh, my gosh. Is that what really happened, though? The media keeps telling us that, so of course it's true. 
I mean, it's not like they ever lie to us about like collusion and Spygate or anything like that. They're always on the right side of history, right, folks? Terrible wink and a nod. No, that's not what happened. Mike Flynn's call was not unmasked. How do you know that? Well, because we do things like evidence, unlike the fake news reporters out there. Our excellent new director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, just released, you may have missed it, the list of people who requested unmaskings, or I'll get into what that is in a but just know this. It's an effort to clear up who the Russians are talking to and to unredact things. But Rick Grinnell just released a list of these unmaskings and something very suspicious, folks, happened. Follow the timeline for the libs listening. And libs, Mr. Call Screener Rich, you know the rules. Let a lib through if you can, because they'll have no defense for this because they never do their homework. 877-381-3811. If you're a lib and you'd love to argue, because I am totally down tonight. I'm very frosty tonight. I want you to explain to me how Mike Flynn's call was basically wiretapped by the U.S. government all by mistake. We just caught him because he was in, he called the Russian and we monitored the Russians and we just unmasked his name. If the call happened on December 29th of 2016 and there was no unmasking request for Mike Flynn on that day. Uh, there you go, folks. Someone explain to me, please, how that exactly happened. Anyone? Anyone in the listening audience, the libs with their six-foot-thick skulls, does anyone want to explain to me how you unmasked Mike Flynn's name and you accidentally got him caught up because you were listening to Russians and he just happened to call Russians if no one actually requested the unmasking of Mike Flynn's name on the date of the call? Now, for some of the more intelligent liberals, they're rare, but there's a few. It's a hard find, but they're out there. Some of them may be saying, all right, Dan, so what? You didn't unmask it that day. They unmasked it in the next few days, of course. Ah, uh, no, uh, no, 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 that, 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 didn't, that, that didn't happen either. Matter of fact, there are no unmasking requests involving Mike Flinner's name from December 28th, the day before. Now, Mr. Producer, I'm just going to ask you to go out on a limb here. Is it possible to unmask a call on December 28th that hasn't happened until December 29th? I'm just throwing that out there for you. What do you think? In a liberal, that's the right answer. In liberal, in a liberal universe, Mr. Producer is right. Bad question. I should have refreshed. Outside of the liberal world, is that possible? Of course, the answer is no. But Rich is right. In the liberal world, of course you can unmask a call that hasn't even happened yet. But there are no unmasking requests. From December 28th, the day before the call that was wiretapped in everyday conversational language, and January 4th. Wow. Saying Flynn was this dangerous Russian colluder for the Trump team and Yet nobody unmasked his name until, what, five, six days later and right around the January 4th time frame? That seems kind of odd, doesn't it? You may say, you know what, Dan, it's the whole Christmas season, New Year's, December 29, 2016, when Flynn made the call. You know, maybe Obama and the team, they're getting ready to leave office. Maybe they just took a little break for five or six days or so and didn't get around to unmasking the call. Or the FBI was just bored. You know, whatevs. 
Okay, that would make sense, that argument, except it's wrong and stupid because the FBI has already admitted they had the call the same day. They did. Oh, yes, they did. Don't worry, folks. I always bring receipts. Always. Every single time. Jim Comey has already admitted that they had the call the same day. So if they already had the call on the same day, and the only question, le- and there's no unmasking requests on that same day as the call. The only question left is, well, why is everybody lying to us about this unmasking thing if nobody requested to unmask that specific call and the FBI already had it? The only question left is, what the hell was the FBI doing listening in on Flynn's phone call? Who told them to do it? Oh, that's the question, isn't it, folks? You always have to ask yourself with the liberal media when they're telling you a story rather than the story, which is pretty much every day, by the way. You always have to ask yourself, why are they telling you a story rather than the story? And the follow-up question is, what are they hiding? So if they're telling you a story that Mike Flynn's conversation was unmasked, despite that being absolutely categorically false based on the evidence we now have, you have to ask yourself, well, why are they doing that and what are they hiding? Well, what they're hiding is Obama did it. Obama did the unmasking or the listening? No, 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 no. That's, it's, it's not that simple. But it's now clear as day based on evidence I've put together over the course of, what, two books on this topic and my own show, research I do every day on this, that it's been staring us in the face the entire time that the reason the FBI was listening in on the call with the Russians is because they were listening in on Russians, because they do. But somebody told them to go find that exact call with Flynn. And it wasn't an unmasking request, and it wasn't incidental. Remember the media story, folks. It was just incidental collection, man. No worries, bro. Flynn just got accidentally caught up in the mix here. He did. That's funny because that's not what the deputy director of the FBI who was running this case, this numbnuts, wrote in his own book. Yeah, he's not that bright, former deputy director Andy McCabe. He actually tells us in his book, tells us how they got the call right away, Flynn's call, despite no unmasking request for it. You don't believe me? I got to take a break here, but let me just read to you one line from Andy McCabe's book himself. Don't take my word for it. Again, don't expect journalists to actually pick up on any of this. This is actually real investigative report. They don't do that kind of stuff anymore. It's beyond their intellectual capabilities. Here's Andy McCabe's own, own words here. He's talking about the PDB staff. That stands for Presidential Daily Brief. Doesn't stand for, what did I say this morning, uh, Peter Danny Bag of Donuts? That's not what that stands for. It stands for Presidential Daily Brief Staff. He says they, the PDB staff, issued a request to the intelligence community. Anyone who had information on the topic, the call, was invited to offer for it for consideration. In response to that request, the FBI queried our own holdings. There it is, folks. There it is. 
The gems are hidden everywhere in this case. All you have to do is put it together. We now know, thanks to Rick Grinnell, our terrific new acting director of national intelligence under Trump, who declassified this, there are no unmasking requests. That story of incidental, accidental collection of Mike Flynn, because we were listening to the Russians, is a myth. Throw it in the garbage forever. It did not happen on the call. Mike Flynn was framed and set up and charged with lying to the FBI about. It did not happen. It was not unmasking. The FBI found the call because they had been listening to the Russians and someone ordered them to find the call. And who did it? The PDB staff. Presidential Daily Brief. And who was the president? One Barack Obama. Okay, folks, show's over. No, I'm just kidding. I will be back on the other side of the break to give you some more information about the disgusting takedown of Mike Flynn. Believe it or not, this story gets worse. Yes, dramatically worse. If you'd like to call in, 877-381-381. Of course, the conservatives and the Levinites are welcome, too. But liberals, you're always welcome, too, because I always love to hear your dopey responses to facts when we slam them in your faces. 877-381-381. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. All right, I almost never, as a matter of practice, take calls early in the show because I like to set the story up first. But Mr. Call Screener, tell Connie to hang there in Leesburg. I may get to her after the break here because I bet her question, a lot of you have too. And what I'm seeing on the call screen here is her question is, but how could there be no unmasking? No, 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 no. We'll let Connie have, uh, Connie, excuse me, have her piece in a minute. But I'm not saying there's no unmasking of Flynn. There are three pages of unmasking requests on Mike Flynn. In other words, calls that happened where there were calls with some foreign person and an American, that unmasking request was made, and that unmasking, or the person they were talking to happened to be Mike Flynn. There are three pages of that. I'm telling you the call he was charged with by Bob Mueller's corrupt, and I'm going to get into this, corrupt team of just horrendous lawyers who should seriously consider a new line of work after this. I'm telling you that the call he was charged with, where he was on the phone with the Russian ambassador, and they talked about the expulsion of the Russian diplomats, 
He was interviewed about that call a month after it happened on January 24th. The call happens December 29th of 2016. That was not an unmasked call. That call was being listened to because somebody at the FBI was ordered to have it listened to and to go find it. And I just told you who it was. According to Andrew McCabe, the deputy director himself, the president's staff. Now, you may say to yourself, well, why would Barack Obama want the FBI to go pulled up, uh, pull up a transcript of a call of an American citizen? Mike Flynn's an American citizen. Just because he's a general doesn't mean he loses his constitutional rights. Why would they do that? And I know the liberals are listening because I deal with them all the time. I know. I get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the Dominican Republic angle to this, too, in a moment. I think it's important. They're going to say, well, Mike Flynn was talking to Russians. Okay, uh, fair enough. Mike Flynn was. He was also the incoming national security advisor. Um, just a suggestion for future incoming national security advisors. If you're young and you're listening now and your candidate wins the presidency two decades from now. It's probably a good idea if you're the chief national security advisor of the president and it's December and you're about to take office in a month that you contact one of the world's premier nuclear powers. I'm just going to, Mr. Producer, I'm just throwing that out there. And it's probably a good idea you do that without having to worry about an Obama tyrannical FBI management crew putting you in handcuffs for doing so. I'm just saying you probably don't want to swear in the first day of the Trump presidency as the new national security advisor and be confused as to who has the nuclear football over in Russia. I'm just going to throw that out there for all the maniac, tyrannical it's FCC rules, so I got to be careful. Morons on the liberal side were like, he was talking to Russians. Uh, you mean like John Kerry talks to the Iranians all the time? Why isn't John Kerry in jail? Because he's a Democrat, you idiot. That's why. That's the liberals' only response. It's not illegal to talk to Russians. It's actually a highly desirable job characteristic when you're the incoming national security advisor and a nuclear power could annihilate us at a moment's notice. Probably a good idea to touch base. Hey, buddy, I'll say, I'll, remember beepers? I'll beep you. Kislyak, you want to talk? Just going to throw that out there. You may say, well, he was under investigation. That's why Obama told Andy McCabe to go find the call and eavesdrop on Flynn. He was. Are you sure? Because we now have the FBI documents on that, too, and they were getting ready to close the case because they had found... With regards to his Russian context, quote, no derogatory information. Oh, that one hurts. That one hurts. I know. All right. I'll get to Connie and some other calls afterwards. I'm Dan Bongino. From At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. By the way, did you guys catch that uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin this week? It was really, really good. Some of Mark's best work. I mean, there are few people as good at dismantling. I think it's because of his legal mind at dismantling the Spygate case as he is. Remember, he called it early back in 2017. Remember, Mr. Producer, you remember that? Remember when he said there was a FISA on Trump? And remember uh, uh, George Costanza over at CNN, otherwise known as Brian Stelter? Remember Costanza? He's a conspiracy theorist, that Levin. Yeah, I don't. As, as, uh, has uh, Costanza ever apologized to Mark for that? Never. Of course he has. He doesn't have the guts or the cojones. Either one. Because he's just not a decent human being, Stelter. But Mark was right. But now let's stop another conspiracy theory now in its tracks. If you've been listening to the beginning of the show, let's stop it right now because it's not true. There was no unmasking of Flynn on the Kislyak call he was charged with lying about to the FBI. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. There is no unmasking request on the day the call happened. None. None. Zero. And yet the FBI admits they had the call the day it happened. It's because someone told them to listen in on the call, and that someone is Barack Obama. Why? Well, the story goes back a long way, and I don't want to waste a lot of valuable time. I don't get to fill in for Mark often. I enjoy radio. It is my favorite platform by far, the audio one. But Mike Flynn, ladies and gentlemen, was a, a sworn, uh, I'd say Flynn, Obama was a, uh, really didn't like Mike Flynn. I'm trying to be nice about this for a number of reasons. One of them is Mike Flynn was calling out some components of the intelligence community when he was Barack Obama's DIA director, the Defense Intelligence Agency. He was one of the highest profile intelligence figures in the U.S. government under Barack Obama. I didn't say that wrong. Flynn knew he had a problem with the IC, the intelligence community. He knew it. And he was calling people out for it. So Flynn didn't have a lot of friends at some levels of the intelligence community swamp. But secondly, Mike Flynn was an open, vocal opponent of the Iran deal. You know Iran, the Iran deal, the debt to America crowd. Let's give them pallets of cash and a pathway to a nuclear weapon. Obama says, what a great idea. Uh, Maybe not. And of course, Mike Flynn didn't like that deal because he's a good man and a patriot. And he understood that Barack Obama was doing something potentially devastating to the United States. Now, being that he was in the Obama administration as the DIA director, Obama took this as a personal slight and really couldn't stand Mike Flynn. But ladies and gentlemen, he had no reason whatsoever to investigate Mike Flynn and neither did the FBI. The FBI opened up a case on Mike Flynn August 16th of 2016 and investigated him for almost a half a year. 
and found, quote, their words, the FBI, not mine, no derogatory information. Their words, not mine, not Dan Bongino's words. The FBI, nothing. All of the tools of the federal government investigating Mike Flynn, and you can't find a single thing? So when your lefty friends tell you, oh, you know, Obama ordered this surveillance, we know it. Mandy McCabe, again, wrote about it in his book that the presidential daily brief staff ordered the FBI to go pull the call with Kislyak. This is like, I, I can't say this enough, it's like a spy story for morons. Like, this is how stupid the Obama administration was. They left a paper trail. What did they think? Everybody was going to cover for them? McCabe writes in his book, Obama told us to do it. Where is this story in the media? Folks, I'm going to get to Connie in a second here because it's important because I know she has a question everyone else has. But can I ask you a question? Because, I again, I'm not expecting this to penetrate the vibranium-coated skulls of liberals. I'm not. I, I get what you do. Your lives are a lie. You lie all the time about everything, all the issues. There's no principle at all. You know, remember, it was Republicans recently took out Richard Burr, who's now had to step down from the intelligence community chair about the stock deal. Yet Republicans. There were Fox News hosts calling him out on that. They didn't care that he was a Republican. It was a lot of Republicans and libertarians who spoke out against the Patriot Act, which is a disaster in many respects, even though Bush signed it into law. Yet the Democrats, they're not stupid. They're not. You may say, oh, Democrats are dumb. They're not. A lot, they're, a lot of them, are, believe me, are, are very smart and very tactical. They know exactly what they're doing. They know Obama spied and abused grotesquely his office to spy on a political opponent, and they just cannot admit it. It's right there. It's right in front of you. Andrew McCabe, the president's daily briefing staff, told us to do it. Is he li He's lying in his book? Subjecting himself to, what, libel and slander if he goes and talks about it on TV too? It's right there. So you're suggesting to me, to the libs listening, because I know you're, I, I get it. I, I know the principal thing is tough for you. You know, principles, oh, you think I'm talking about your high school principal. No, I mean actual principles, like living a life of principle once in a while. Very tough for you, I get it. But try for once. Let's do the reverse the situation test. So you're suggesting to me, just to be clear, that if Trump were to, God forbid, lose this election coming up and Joe Biden's coming into office, that if Trump were to be personally involved, based on the word of the FBI themselves, who said it about Obama, but now they, based on the word of the FBI themselves, if Trump were to personally be involved in the investigation of Joe Biden's appointed national security staff and the spying on of their calls and then charging them with lying about calls they didn't lie about, you're telling me you'd be perfectly okay with that. Please shut your soup cooler because you're a lying, disgraceful fraud if you're answering yes to that question. go. Uh, you're, you're, a, you're an embarrassment to humankind. You know damn well the answer is oh, we'd be horrified. We'd want Trump, Trump thrown, thrown in jail. Of course you would because that's you. And I'll be honest with you, if I knew Trump had done that in violation of law, I would say throw him in jail too. But he didn't do it. Obama did it. And you don't care. You don't care one bit. All right, let me take this call, Connie, because he's been waiting and I told her. Connie in Leesburg, Virginia, you are the earliest caller I think I've ever taken while guest hosting for the great Mark Levin. What's your question for us? 
Oh, hi, Dan. This is Connie. I'm in Leesburg, Virginia. I am a patriotic conservative, and um, I am kind of trying to pick myself up off the floor after hearing what you've just said, because this is totally new to me. It's the first time I'm hearing this, and I've been following this quite quite, uh, extensively. Um, And I'm I'm hoping you'll either put this on a podcast or write about it or something so we can um, digest it a little better. But um, if if this uh, PB, PDB staff ordered this, um, do we know who was uh, in that uh, grouping, in that staff grouping, and uh, what entity would have done it, done the listening? Would it have been NSA, FBI, and was it uh, uh, categorized as uh, counterintelligence or criminal or what? You're I'm brilliant. You're brilliant, it. Connie. These are brilliant questions. These are really, I'm not messing with you. If callers are terrible, I feel an obligation to tell them. This is fantastic. These are great questions. Let's go through them one by one. So who actually has possession of the recording? Well, we know from looking at Andy McCabe's testimony he gave in front of Congress, who was, just to be clear with everyone who hasn't followed this case in intimate detail, Andrew McCabe was the deputy director at the FBI at the time the call was recorded, at the time Flynn was interviewed. Um, he was also there during the investigation of Flynn that they opened up in August of 2016. So Andrew McCabe is the number two man at the FBI. He's intimately involved in all this. He testifies under oath in front of Congress. And he says it was in response to a request and they went back and got one of their tech cuts or cuts, as they call them in the FBI, meaning they had custody of the call. They can get the information from intelligence entities, but for the FBI to get it and get a tech cut, the actual mechanics of who per se digitally records it and transcribes it, it depends. But the custody of the call was unquestionably in possession of the FBI. They had it. So somebody says, go back and get that call between Mike Flynn and the ambassador. Now, you say, well, how is he not unmasked? Well, because there was no unmasking request necessary. They received this request for the call from, uh, uh, from the PDB staff, and then they just went back and looked at the call. If you look at the words of Andrew McCabe and Jim Comey themselves, M- Mike Flynn's name was never masked. Flynn's name was always in there. And what I'm suggesting to you, Connie, is somebody told them, go back and look for this specific call with Mike Flynn. There was never met. The, the masking, unmasking, it's, it's, a, it's a red herring. And the reason they want you to believe this was an unmasking request is they want you to believe the call was collected accidentally. Oh, we were just listening in on the Russians and I don't know what happened. Mike Flynn called it. Oh, my bad. We recorded it. And then someone said, hey, who's this guy? And we got an unmasking request and we found that it was Mike Flynn. That is absolutely a false narrative. And the media is telling you that story precisely to get away from what actually happened. The Obama administration demanded that call and knew it was Mike Flynn. Does that help? It 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 does help. Um, I'm trying to understand how. Uh, why would they Why would they make a big deal of the unmaskings in the media? Then what What well, What is all this? And I love Richard Grinnell. I I think he's a hero. He's great. And I I just I'm trying to figure out. Okay, why. I'll explain it to you. I got to cut you loose for now, but I'll explain it with the, the audience here too. But thank you for the, these are great questions. The media is pitching to the public a story, not the story. What they're trying to tell the public is we were just looking at the Russians. 
The Russians spoke to Flynn. We didn't know it was Flynn. The media, this is the media story. It's not true. We just saw a Russian ambassador talks to U.S. person. Somebody got suspicious. Oh, this U.S. person's talking to the Russian ambassador. Who was it? So we put in an unmasking request. That is not true. That is totally, completely false. They're telling you that because they want you to believe it was an accident. It was not an accident. The Obama administration ordered the surveillance hit on Mike Flynn. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this story gets even worse. Now, to be fair here, I am speculating a bit. I always put that out there, unlike journalists and fake news specialists who speculate all the time and pitch it as fact. But I'm doing it based on quality sourcing. I wrote two books on this, folks. They were both huge bestsellers on this scandal, on some quality sourcing and some stuff I've put together. The question then becomes, well, how did, why was it that specific call? Flynn had talked to a lot of people. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that call, I believe, was a setup from the start. This is where this is going to get really interesting. Let's go through the timeline. Early November, Trump election day. Obviously, Trump wins. Huge upset. Not long after, he picks Mike Flynn as the national security advisor. So we're in that early first two weeks of November. The whole world is shocked, including Obama. He has no, believe me when I tell you, the Obama administration had no idea this was going to happen. Oh, this gets good now. This is where it gets juicy. Flynn has been out campaigning for Trump for a long time. He, remember, he was at the campaign trail. He was out there giving speeches. He's tired. I have this on good authority. After the election, Flynn, with his wife, decides to take a little break. Someone says, hey, I don't know, Flynn or, or General Flynn or his wife, whoever says, let's go to the Dominican Republic, take a break from the campaign trail for a few days. My informed opinion here, somebody looking to target Flynn in the Obama administration, it probably is not Obama himself following the day-to-day. He's ordering this. He has to. But someone following, whether it's McDonough, his chief of staff, Obama's chief of staff, someone following this every day gets wind of the fact that Flynn may be leaving to leave the country. Oh, isn't that interesting? You know, Dominican Republic, where you may not have access to the most secure of communications. Also, ladies and gentlemen, that would make that call really easy to find, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. The Russian ambassador makes a lot of calls from the Dominican Republic every uh, call, makes a lot of calls every day. Excuse me. How many times has he called the Dominican Republic? Probably one only to call Mike Flynn. But you may say, well, I don't get it. How do you frame him? How did they get Mike Flynn and the Russian ambassador Kislyak to connect? Well, ladies and gentlemen, what happens right as Mike Flynn leaves to go to the Dominican Republic on a break, where his calls will definitely be easier to monitor? What happens right before that? They got to get these two to connect, right? Obama expels a bunch of Russian diplomats from facilities in Maryland and New York. Perfect timing, isn't it? On the exact same day of the call. Isn't that interesting? Of course the incoming National Security Advisor is going to connect with the Russian ambassador who texts Flynn and says, we need to basically chat. Ladies and gentlemen, he was set up the entire time. And the call was listened to and recorded 
and used to nail him later on in a BS interview on January 24th of the Whitest. I got more on that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dan Bongino, at DBongino on Twitter, filling in for Mark. I'll take some more of your calls on the other side, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. So uh, let me just walk through where we've been. I told you Flynn was, Mike Flynn was set up. Obama's team was involved in it. They've already told us that. Andrew McCabe wrote about it. And I believe he was framed to call these Russian, this Russian ambassador from the Dominican Republic. He was framed. They were going to hit him with this Logan Act nonsense. They made that up too. And then they were going to lie about what he said in the interview. He was framed from the start. The evidence is everywhere. But some of you may still be holding out and say, no, the media told us, Rich, I'm sure someone liberal out there is saying, no, this is definitely an unmasking thing, and it was all accidental. They just listened to Mike Flynn's call by accident and interviewed him about it. The, the media said that. They swear by They told us this is an unmasking case. They're still, they are still relentlessly promoting this stupid talking point today. Okay, before we go to break, let me give you one last piece of evidence. Despite the fact there are no unmasking requests around that call, and the FBI had the call by the time a unmasking request was issued six days later. But let's go to the texts of the FBI investigator Peter Stroke and his lawyer girlfriend for the FBI, Lisa Page. This is a text from the fall, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the spring summer of 2017. There's testimony going on up on Capitol Hill. And they're texting each other while they're watching it. These are the two investigators knee deep in this thing. They say, F word, Clapper and Yates through Graham questions are all playing into the there should be an unmasking request record for incidental collection. Incorrect narrative. <laughs> but the media told you he was unmasked. It was all accidental. Sure. Okay. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark, having a few laughs with the, with the crew there. <laughs> Mr. Producer, Mr. Calls Crew. Got to have a little fun with all this serious stuff going on all the time. Trying to take some of the edge off. So again, just to recap where we were in the first hour, you know, th- this targeting of Mike Flynn, ladies and gentlemen, is not even about Mike Flynn. What do you mean? Of course it's about Mike Flynn. He was targeted. No, 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 folks. It's a bigger story. Uh, hence the reason the media is so desperate to make it go away. I mean, think about it, right? This is one of the largest radio shows in the world. And when Mark and people like me, I, I have my own digital show and we talk about things like this, the leftist kooks, you know, the media matters, nutbag crowd. They're always like, they're not talking about the Wuhan virus 24-7. So as if it's the only thing ever going on in the world. It's very serious. Obviously, it's probably the biggest story of the day. But I would think a big story as well would be that an outgoing president decided it would be a good idea to illegally spy on the incoming president. I don't know. Call me crazy. Like, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of a big story, too. No. And now we know. We know that the FBI was specifically tasked by the Obama White House to go and pull Mike Flynn's phone call and listen to it. Now, this case, ladies and gentlemen, gets shockingly worse. Just to walk you through what the liberal story's been. Oh, they call, you know, they, they caught the call, unmasked it. It was just incidentally collected, whatever, that's BS. But, and then, you know, we were concerned because General Flynn was talking to the Russians. Why were you concerned? What's concerning about that? I don't understand. But just play their game for a minute. Well, you know, they're Russians. and they're, Is that elite? No, not at all. Um, he was the incoming national security. But we were still concerned. Okay. So the FBI, I remember Jim Comey? So I just sent a few guys over to the White House. So January 24, 2016, about a month after the call, Jim Comey, the most disgraceful, uh, just horrendous director in the FBI's history, just an atrocious human being, Jim Comey, in violation of all the established protocols and just human decency, decides to send two agents over to the White House, Peter Stroke and Joe Pianca are the agents, and to ambush interview now National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, who's only been in office for, gosh, less than a month. They sit down, and the premise of the call is they're concerned about Mike Flynn's call with the Russians. Why, 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 would, why, would, why would they be concerned? They've already they've seen the call. They saw the call on December 29th when it happened, and on January 4th, they were going to close the case. Now, for the liberals listening, just so I know you have a tough time with math, numbers, following chronology, calendars, basic things like that, you know, arithmetic and common sense. January 4th, 2017 is after December 29th, 2016. I have to go over this in remedial language because liberals have a tough time with this because liberals will tell you that FBI interview in violation of every established protocol the FBI interviewing a sitting member of Trump's inner circle without notifying White House counsel. Comey even admits it's in violation of protocol. Liberals love it because they're police state tyrants. And their line is, no, no, no. Even though the FBI was going to close the case, they were just suspicious about this call. And that's why in violation of protocol, they went over and set Mike Flynn up at the White House with an ambush interview. Uh, again, your timeline doesn't marry up because you're a liberal numbskull who doesn't know anything. The call happens on December 29th. Nobody cared a hoot about it just days later on January 4th when the FBI tried to close the case on Flynn. Literally tried to close the case. 
You may say, well, 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 I got you now, Dan. I always know the liberal arguments. This is what I do for a living. And they're really, their arguments are so bad. They're so predictable. They'll say, well, the FBI was going to close the case a few days later, but somebody called and stopped it because of the Flynn interview. And that's why they didn't close. No, no, that's not what happened. The case wasn't closed because Peter Stroke, the FBI agent monitoring the case, already admits his own ineptitude. He administratively screwed up. That's the only reason the case was still open. The only reason. It had nothing to do with the Russia call. Oh, they were concerned about the Russia call. No. It had everything to do with Jim Comey on the seventh floor of FBI headquarters because that's in their text too, these FBI agents texting each other. They said, wait, don't close the case yet. The seventh floor is involved. The seventh floor, hating Mike Flynn on orders from the White House to go and make sure that they at least interviewed Mike Flynn and take one last shot at getting him to lie to them. So they keep the case open. Now, here's where they screw up again. This case, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is a spy story for morons. This is where they screw up yet again. So instead of just closing out the case, because the case they had open since August of 2016 on Flynn showed nothing. Their words, the FBI words, not mine. No derogatory information. The Russia case is dead in the water. They have nothing on Flynn. They figure the seventh floor, Jim Comey, as they're plotting to go get the evil Mike Flynn. They're like, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to go interview him now? We don't have anything. We, we've been investigating this guy since August. We just put down on paper. We have no derogatory information in, against him. How are we just going to show up at the White House and interview this guy? Someone, and it's debatable who. Is it DOJ? Is it Yates? Mary McCord? Is it the Obama White House? Is it Dennis McDonough? I don't know. There are a lot of suspects. Somebody gets the idea and says, wait. Don't close the case against Flynn. They have this thing, this 1852 law, whatever, or 1799 law, that's never been prosecuted in the history of the United States successfully, the Logan Act, where if you're a, a, a civilian, you're not supposed to involve yourself in foreign disputes of the United States. <laughs> when I Let me tell you something. I... I I frequently watch cable news. I'm, I'm a contributor over at Fox, and I, I watch cable news often because I'm not only a contributor, but I'm also still an avid consumer of the news of the day. Nothing makes me laugh more when silly, uninformed, ignorant, liberal talking heads go on the news and go, well, they had to go interview him about the Logan. Oh, please just stop embarrassing yourself and, and your families and everyone. I'm serious. Everyone around your families must be horrified you're saying that on TV. You were investigating the National Security Advisor of the United States despite the fact that you did investigate him and found nothing on, a, on an alleged crime that's totally unconstitutional has never been successfully charged in the history of the United States because it's stupid? You're serious about that. <laughs> that's, that's comical. So Joe Biden's kid can go get a job in Ukraine on a board and take a, a billion-dollar contract with the Chinese the Bohai uh, Harvest Group, all that stuff. Don't investigate any of that. But let's get Mike Flynn on a Logan Act violation. If the Logan Act was real, Dennis Rodman would be in jail right now. He was a civilian. He was over in North Korea. 
Of course it's not real. It's stupid. No one's going to charge Dennis Rodman with the Logan Act. No one's going to charge John Kerry with uh, destroying the credibility of the United States by talking to the Iranians, which is what he does. Because the Logan Act's not real. It's a fraud. But here's where they screwed up again. Their stated pretextual reason to go and interview Flynn was this Logan Act nonsense. But ladies and gentlemen, when the FBI opens a new case, because remember, they found nothing, nothing, a zero on the old case against Flynn. They have to open up a case via paperwork, an EC, an electronic communication. So you're saying, oh, Dan, I'd like to listen to you, you know, you on the radio here. Surely the FBI did that, right? Um, nope. Well, 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 why didn't they? I don't, I don't get it. Why didn't the FBI open up a new case against Flynn if that was their stated reason? Because they didn't want to put on paper the dumbest idea in American history, interviewing a seating national, sitting national security advisor over a Logan Act violation. So they figured they would just frame him for something else. And that was going to be what? Lying to them. Ladies and gentlemen, they were going to say he lied no matter what he did. Unfortunately, the two agents who went to the White House to interview Flynn, they weren't read in on the program right away that they were supposed to frame Flynn. Why? Because on January 24, 2019, they show up at the White House and they interview Flynn, who made a grave mistake. He viewed these guys as colleagues. I worked with the FBI when I was a Secret Service agent. My experiences were very good. The agents I worked with were quality people. Frank and Joe, you know who you are. Good men. Worked really hard. The management team that tried to frame Donald Trump and Mike Flynn were tier one level grade A losers. Dirtbags of the highest order. Human filth. I'm very sorry. Every agency has some mutts in it. And all of the mutts seem to be involved in the Trump case. They were going to frame him no matter what, but they didn't tell the two agents. So they show up at the White House to interview General Flynn about his call that they'd listened to on orders of the president's daily briefing staff. And what's the problem? They leave that interview and they draft up their notes on an FBI form, a 302, and they tell their boss that, hey, we don't think Mike Flynn was lying to us. The boss, Jim Comey and Andy McCabe, are probably horrified. Damn, what do we do now? We didn't tell the two agents to say he lied. And they put it down on paper that they don't think Flynn lied. Well, we're going to have to make that paper go away and edit it, aren't we? On the other side of this break, I'm going to get into how they played that game. Not only did Obama's team set him up, not only did the FBI go into this thing with no reason to be there, None. The case was closed. Closed. The only reason it was left open is because Peter Stroke was too stupid to close it administratively. That's it. They show up and they mistakenly interview Flynn and tell the truth that he's not lying. We can't find that form anywhere. Well, golly, oh, shucks, where'd that go? The story gets even better on the other side. I'll tell you more about why Flynn didn't lie and why the evidence is staring you right in the face. 
I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for the great one. So I told you he got set up, Flynn, Mike Flynn, and Obama did it. Obama did it. That's a fact. Obama's team did it. We know he did it. Stop running away from it, media people. Just tell the damn truth. My gosh, this isn't hard. Do you have to be fake news all the time? Can you just have one moment of honesty? They're, you know what they're afraid of, the media, really? They're afraid that Obama is going to supplant, in media jargon, Nixon as the most the 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 um, tip of the spear, so to say, example of corruption in government. That's what they're terrified of, because they know how devastating the media that is knows how devastating this scandal is. Obama, their administration, spied on their political opponents and abused their power. It is that simple. Now, I said I'd get to part two of this. So first they spy on Mike Flynn's call with the Russian Kislyak on December 29th. But then they have to frame him. And they know they don't have anything on him to charge him with an actual crime. Liberals will tell you, but he worked for the government of Turkey. He did? And he didn't file a lobbying for it. He worked for the government of Turkey. You sure about that? Of course you're not. You're a liberal. You don't know what you're talking about. You probably haven't read the actual court documents where the judge in the case, who, by the way, can't stand Mike Flynn, Judge Sullivan. We all know. I'll get to him, too. I use just air quotes around judge because I'm not sure at this point like why he's still on this case is absurd. But even the own judge, Judge Sullivan, the judge who can't stand Mike Flynn, asked the prosecutors about that. That Mike Flynn was lobbying for Turkey and didn't file as a lobbyist. And he said to the government prosecutors, you know, the Mueller hacks who were trying to prosecute Flynn in court. He said, well, did you guys reach out to the government of Turkey and ask him if Flynn was lobbying for them? Uh, uh, they were like, uh, uh, no, no, uh, no, we did. Yeah, because Flynn wasn't lobbying for the government of Turkey. Again, to the numbnuts liberals listening to the show don't know what they're talking about. The people he was lobbying for were Turkish. They were not government officials. You may not like that. You may think that's untoward. That's your opinion. By the way, former Obama people and Democrats lobby for people all the time. I'm sure you spoke out against them too, right? Of course you didn't. You're a lying fraud. I'm not, I don't do it. I don't lobby for a foreign government. Either did Flynn. 
the people he was writing whatever op-eds for were not Turkish government officials. You just don't know what you're talking about. They had to fabricate a crime because they investigated this guy soup to nuts and he was clean as a whistle. They couldn't find anything. So they had to frame him and they go and interview him about this call with the Russians. Now, what is the let me give you the media story first. What's the media story you'll hear to this day from, again, dopey talking heads on cable news who have no idea what they're talking about and have done no homework on this case at all, but feel entitled to talk about it on television. They'll tell you what. Well, the FBI agent showed up at the White House and Flynn lied. They asked him, Flynn, hey, General, did you talk about sanctions with the Russians? And Flynn lied about sanctions. He lied because he talked about sanctions on that call with the Russians. And he said he didn't. He did. So Flynn lied about talking about sanctions with the Russians. He lied to the FBI about it. Let me ask you a question before this break, because I need you to think about this. I need you to chew on this one during this little break we're going to have here. How could Mike Flynn lie about sanctions and discussing sanctions, sanctions with the Russians if he was never asked by the FBI about sanctions? <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man again. But we don't have a chimney. Wah, wah. Dan, that's not possible. The media has told us over and over. Media, you know, media Karens, media Karens are the worst Karens of all the Karens. You know the media Karens. You know, they just, they, 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 they're like, they sit there and they just repeat things over and over even though they know they're false. The media Karens have all told us that, yeah, Flynn was picked up incidentally on unmasking and that when he was asked about sanctions by FBI agents, he lied about it. Your first question to the media Karens out there should be, Karen, can you show me the FBI's 302 where they took notes on their interview, where they mentioned sanctions to Flynn? I'll, I'll wait. Can you show me? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I'm Dan Bongino. Wait for Mark Miller. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin, a proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Hey, thanks for all the positive feedback on Twitter. It's always a pleasure to fill in here for the great one, uh, Mark Levin, and to be here with uh, Mr. Producer Rich and Mr. Call Screener Rich. It's a great honor. Says, uh, I mean that. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Mark having one of the largest and most loyal radio audiences in the history of sentient beings. I really appreciate your time. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far. That was it. That was nice guy, Dan Bongino. That ends now. Let's go back to filet in the libs, which is what we do best. So I told you that Obama set him up, Mike Flynn. The evidence is everywhere. If you missed it, you're going to have to go back and listen to Mark, uh, the podcast tomorrow and listen to the beginning of the show. But the evidence is all over the place. 
I also told you that when they interviewed him at the White House, they had nothing on him, nothing at all. Not the Logan Act, Logan Act is a joke. You might as well call it the Logie Act uh, because it's the same thing. It's uh, either way, the, the Logan Act, the Logie Act, it doesn't matter what you call it. The Burt and Ernie Act, it doesn't make a difference. It's, it's a fake. It's not even real. It's never been charged successfully in the history of the United States. The interview with Flynn is a setup from the start. Now you've been told, though, in the interview that Flynn lied about sanctions. And I said to you before the break, how could Flynn lie about sanctions if he was never asked about sanctions? You know, I, I say to the talking heads on cable news who really sadly don't want to do their homework, a lot of them, and keep repeating this stupid talking point, just like the talking point, Flynn was unmasked in the conversation with the Russians. Really? Where's the record of that? Nowhere. So why do you keep saying it? Because I don't do my homework. If Flynn lied when the FBI asked him, hey, did you talk about sanctions with the Russian ambassador in December? Where is that in the FBI's own form? The FBI does a 302 form. Just a summary. They write up what happened in the interview. Mike Flynn said this. Mike Flynn said that. We asked him this. Mike Flynn said that. They go and type it up. I believe they put it in, what is it, Sentinel? That says, and then it, it spits out a 302 form, which is just a summary of the interview. Everybody following me? I know liberals have a tough time with this kind of stuff. The conservatives, are, I just want to make sure you understand this. Because, again, just like you were told Flynn was unmasked in his call with Kislyak, despite no evidence that happened anywhere, You've been told, too, that he lied about sanctions. So you would think when you pull up that FBI 302, right? Again, this is just basic investigative work. I, I mean, call me crazy for doing it. But hat tip, by the way, to uh, uh, at Climate Audit on Twitter, who tipped me off to this. He said, you know, it's funny when you go back and read the FBI's own words about what state what they asked Flynn. You know what, Mr. Producer, you know what's weird? This is this is crazy time now, Mr. Producer. Get ready, buddy. You know what's crazy? The FBI said he lied when we asked him about sanctions. But the FBI's own 302. You know what one word is missing in the whole thing? This is nuts. Sanctions. Isn't that crazy? The FBI seemingly forgot to write in their own report that they asked him about sanctions and he lied about it. They forgot. Of course they didn't forget. They never asked him about the sanctions. Now, I'm sorry if you're a liberal or an anti-Trump rhino Republican with no common sense who's been told this story. I know this is hard for you. You know, again, I know, like I said, media Karens are the worst Karens. To the the Karens out there and the chippers and the other, you know know who I'm talking to. The people who regurgitate media talking points on Twitter without having the slightest idea what they're talking about. I'm telling you because the media has done them a disservice. This is the first time they're hearing this. You wait, Dan, you're telling me Mueller's team prosecuted Mike Flynn for lying about sanctions, despite the FBI's form showing no evidence he was ever asked about sanctions, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And you can read the darn 302 the FBI filled out for yourself. And you know what word you'll see? You'll see expulsions, not sanctions. So how could Flynn lie about talking to the Russian ambassador about sanctions, if he was never asked by the FBI about the sanctions, what he was asked about was the expulsion, if you were listening to the show in the earlier hour, of the U.S. diplomats, a separate issue from the sanctions, by Obama. 
Now, fair enough. You may be saying to yourself, and it would be you would not be wrong. Once in a blue moon, blind liberal squirrels do find the nut. They'll say, well, Flynn did plead guilty to the lying charge. That is not inaccurate. That is correct. Twice, as a matter of fact. But ladies and gentlemen, that does not absolve you absolve you of the fact based on ab- absolve. Spit it out, Bongino. That does not absolve you of the fact as a believer in the republic, liberal, conservative, whatever you may be, and a believer supposedly in justice, from saying, well, did he plead to a crime he didn't commit? You know, it's, it's interesting. When you bring this up with a case that becomes like a liberal cause celeb, like the Central Park Five, they pled guilty too, I believe. They're like, no, no, those pleas don't count. They were set up. F- fair enough. You can make that argument. Watch the case. If you have an argument to make, go ahead and make it. It's a free country. But yet when I bring up to you the Flynn case and I tell you there's no evidence he lied about sanctions because the FBI's form, they didn't ask him about sanctions. All you want to tell me is, but he pled guilty. But, but he pled guilty. But he pled guilty. That's all they have. And then when you say things like, well, he pled guilty, and in that plea, he acknowledged that he was pleading guilty because the uh, FBI and the Mueller team, excuse me, the Mueller team to be specific, were threatening to prosecute his son, Mike Flynn Jr., so he fell on the sword for his son despite knowing he did nothing wrong. They look at you and go, but he pled guilty. Again, you mention any other liberal case they love where there's either a jury finding of guilt or a guilty plea. Mumia Abu-Jamal, the Central Park Five, these are cases liberals have been following forever. They're all about what they tell you is the evidence, not the plea or not the judicial finding of guilt or the jury finding of guilt. They don't care about that. All they care about, the evidence, this guy's, these guys are innocent. It says, but yeah, when it comes to Mike Flynn, where the evidence is in front of your face that he couldn't have possibly lied about something he wasn't asked about, they're not, they don't even want to see it. But he pled guilty. But he pled, I, I get it. I, are, are you a, a Borg from the, from the Star Trek thing? Can you think for yourself for a minute? People, folks, listen, I was a federal agent for 12 years. People plead guilty to things all the time. I am sorry to inform you. I have never been involved in a case where anyone pled guilty, to, to be straight with you, for something they didn't do. But people plead guilty to things all of the time. Sometimes they plead guilty to things for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes they plead guilty because there's a later charge coming. Sometimes they plead guilty because they don't want to testify. In Mike Flynn's case, it's clear why he pled guilty, because he said it in court. That he was trying to avoid a prosecution of his son for another witch hunt nonsense charge. Ladies and gentlemen, the word sanctions does not appear in the FBI's own documents of the interview. It doesn't appear. The FBI asked him about the expulsion of the diplomats, the Russian diplomat. It's a separate issue. They did not ask him about the sanctions. How can you lie about a conversation you weren't asked about? 
I'm just asking you again. I know it's hard. It's frustrating sometimes. I'm sorry. I don't lose it there for a minute. But I'm just asking the liberals listening, if you really believe in justice, you say you do. You say you're social justice warriors, right? If you really believe in justice, are you not even a little bit concerned that a three-star general was coerced into pleading guilty to a crime that the Mueller team knew he didn't commit? It's nowhere. The word sanctions is nowhere in the substance of the questions. Nowhere. That's not what they asked him about. How could he lie about it? Look yourself. Now, you may say to yourself, Dan, this case can't possibly get any worse. Oh, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it does. It does get worse. Because even the form I'm telling you about, the FBI form, where they, the 302, where they document what they asked Flynn and how he responded, even that form, there's a scandal behind that too. The form they edited and re-edited and edited over and over and over again. They're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to submit a interview 302 of what happened in the interview within days of doing it. They did do that. And that original 302 of what they asked Flynn and how he answered. As I said this morning on my show. It's in the Ren and Stimpy land of the left socks. Yeah, Mr. Producer, you remember Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, not that I ever did this. I am, and don't do drugs ever. But it was one of those shows that people who smoke doobies on a regular, they would watch Ren and Stimpy. It was like listening to The Grateful Dead, which, as I said again this morning, apparently is a lot better um, if you're on mind-altering substances. Don't do that. I'm dead serious. Drugs are really awful. I've never done drugs. I'm just saying friends of mine used to watch Ren and Stimpy all the time. And they said it was a lot better um, if you weren't thinking straight, if you know what I mean. Well, Ren and Stimpy had the episode. Remember the Ren and Stimpy episode with the land of the left socks? The left socks, you know, they couldn't figure out where everyone's left sock goes. And Loren and Stippy found out it was on the planet of the left socks, the land of the left socks. And Ren and Stippy said, well, you know, where they go? Nobody knows. Well, why do I bring up Ren and Stippy in the land of the left socks? Because that's where the original Mike Flynn 302 is. Nobody can seem to find it. Why is that? Because maybe. Just maybe in that original 302, the FBI agents interviewing him who aren't yet aware they're supposed to be framing Flynn in this interview. They find out when they get back to headquarters and they brief Jim Comey. Hey, we don't think he was lying. What? You better fix that right quick. You have the 302 you did? We do. Did you write down you didn't think he was lying? Yeah, we did. You better make that go away fast. And then the air quotes editing process starts. Even after the editing, editing of the 302, by the way, being done by Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer who is having an affair with the agent stroke who interviewed Flynn, she wasn't even in the interview and she's the one doing the, the editing in violation of FBI protocol. She's editing an interview she wasn't even in on. 
even after they edit it, they still can't find a way to mention sanctions in it. You know, the sanctions Flynn allegedly lied about but was never asked about. Can you imagine how bad the original 302 is? If that's the edited version and it still shows no evidence of a crime? What is in that original 302? The answer is obvious. The agents probably wrote in there that there was no evidence that Mike Flynn was lying to them and no evidence of deception. Makes it kind of hard to charge someone with lying to the FBI if your own agent's writing a 302. There's no evidence of deception. No? Does it not? Now, you may say, Dan, there's no evidence. I got to take a break here. Don't worry, Mr. Producer. I know. I just, I love this story so much. I can't stop. But I will stop here, and I'll, I'll just tease the next side of the break so you don't go anywhere. You may say, well, Dan, maybe the original 302 never happened. They filled it out weeks later, and that's just, you know, the edited one is the real one. There, you know, there was no 302. Really? Uh, as always, I bring evidence, actual evidence, and their own testimony because they were too stupid to cover up their own crimes. Of course there was an original 302 because Comey said so. More on the other side of the break. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. I will take some of your calls. Maybe on the other side, George, who thinks I'm wrong. That'd be good. Let's, I always like people who think I'm wrong. It's always fun. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, I told you I'd take some calls here. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. So I want to get to George. George disagrees with me a little bit, which is okay. I always like that. So, George, how do you disagree? What do you, what do you think? Give me your take on this. I don't disagree. I just have a different angle. You know, they were trying to go at Flynn from all different angles, and I agree the unmasking was just cover fire. Like, if you're in a firefight, you lay down cover fire to protect the guy who really has the best angle on on uh, the target. Sure. So I think that, yes, the FBI may have concurrently been recording Flynn, but I think uh, Brennan tasked the Australians and the British to also do it. Um, so we I agree 100%. George, there's zero daylight between us. Yeah. And, and Matter of fact, can I read to you something, George? Would you mind? Sure, yeah. I'll make it yeah. quick. This is a CNN article. Very rarely hear me read CNN articles, but it's yet to be retracted. This is a CNN article by Jim Shuto, Pamela Brown, and Eric Bradner from April of 2017. Again, folks, I'm not making this up. If you'd like, you can listen to the Mark Levin podcast and Google this article yourself. It's still there. It's never been retracted. And George is right. There were people listening in on Trump administration officials overseas. How do we know that? Because it's already been reported even by liberal outlets. Here's the title of the article. This is CNN. This isn't Fox or Bongino.com. Quote, British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. We already know that. I mean, I could read to you the entire article. The article has never been retracted. Some source told CNN what George is telling you now. That, hey, listen. I think foreign governments were listening in on Trump associates and giving it to the Obama administration in circumvention of our U.S. intel laws and regulations. No, George, you're right. I don't disagree. Well, I, also I, the gal, Azra Turk, I think, was an Australian asset. 
but we paid the bill and covered the expenses. Can I make one point, though, George, if you don't mind? You're right. Again, there's no daylight between us at all. This is the worst disagreeing call ever because we agree. Um, one quick thing before I take this break. The reason I bring up the fact that we know the FBI had this call is because Andy McCabe has already testified under oath that the call came from, quote, their own, quote, holdings, and it was a tech cut. So they already had it. Um, I, and I'm not saying that the, the foreign governments that were listening in on Trump Associates, as per CNN's own re- uh, reporting, didn't have it, too. But I think this was an in-house job ordered by the Obama administration, as McCabe wrote in his own book. So, George, I got to run. But um, that was a great call by George. But again, George is the worst disagreeer ever. Um, and that's a compliment because I agree with him 100 percent. There were clearly foreign governments listening in on Flynn, too. Now, on the other side of this break... I'm going to show you how, the, how this Flynn 302 magically disappeared and what they're really hiding. I'm Dan Bongino with for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino, at the Bongino on Twitter. Thanks for all the good feedback. Filling in for the great one. So for two hours now, we've been talking about the attempted destruction and now redemption of an American patriot, General Michael Flynn. And how this story is about something bigger. It is about an Obama administration absolutely reckless and intoxicated with power. The very warning Lord Acton warned us about. Power corrupts absolute power, corrupts absolutely. Most great men are bad men. Well, Obama wasn't great. But he was most certainly bad. We know his presidential briefers, his own staff, ordered the hit on Flynn, the surveillance hit. We know it because the FBI has already told us. Andrew McCabe already wrote it in his own book. We know that after a months-long investigation of Mike Flynn, for no reason whatsoever, the FBI tried to close the case, citing no derogatory information. On January 4th of 2016, let me repeat that again. No derogatory, not some derogatory information, not we suspect him of lobbying for Turkey. We suspect him of colluding with the Russians. Let me repeat the FBI's own words after a months long investigation. No derogatory information case closed. But the idiot running the case couldn't figure out how to close the case. So he left it open by accident. I'm not kidding. Listen to his own read his own text. He's like, in a serendipitous moment, the case was still open because of our own ineptitude. Uh, Basically, his words, not mine. Someone then goes and meets at the White House the next day, January 5th. Jim Comey of the FBI. The day after, they write, they try to close the case against Flynn, January 4th of 2016. And the very next day, James Comey goes to the White House for that infamous briefing in the Oval Office with soon-to-be departing President Barack Obama. And who's there as well? Joe Biden. John Brennan, Jim Clapper, and Susan Rice is there too. The whole gang, the Spygate crew is all there. Wrote a whole book about this juicy stuff. 
And that day, let me guess what happens in that Oval Office meeting. He is absolutely, Barack Obama, that is, committed to taking out Mike Flynn and destroying this man. Committed. Committed to it. But by January 4th, the FBI knows they have nothing on Flynn. So on January 5th, this plot is hatched in the Oval Office because they have nothing on Russia. The Russia thing's a total hoax. They've been investigating this forever. And the new plan is hatched where we actually have evidence has happened because Sally Yates says so. She says she hears from Obama about this call they have that they've been listening, that they listened to this call a few days prior between Flynn and the Russians. And we may have some kind of a Logan Act thing, completely fabricated, made up garbage because no one's ever been charged with a Logan Act violation successfully again in U.S. history. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this Oval Office meeting is outrageous. It's the same meeting memorialized in a January 20th, 15 days later, infamous email where Susan Rice, Obama's uh, morally compromised national security advisor, sends an email to herself just minutes before Trump is sworn in, memorializing that January 5th conversation saying, hey, Obama said to do everything by the book. Really? By the way, the second half of that conversation, that email is redacted. I can only wonder what she put in the second half of that email. Hopefully we'll get it soon. Breaking news tonight I saw on Chad Pergram's Twitter, Twitter account. They're requesting that to be declassified. And I'm hearing from my sources that email is a doozy. But nobody sends an email to themselves about doing things by the book when they actually do things by the book. As I've said before, it reminds me of, uh, <laughs> you all remember that movie G.I. Jane with Demi Moore? She tries to become a Navy SEAL. Mr. Producer, you remember that? And uh, she goes in and, and, and she's in the middle of this Navy SEAL training and she starts barking at the CO of the base and, she, and she's like, I'm not trying to make a statement here. And the CO gets up and says, people who don't want to make statements don't make statements about not making statements. People who do things by the book don't send themselves emails about doing things by the book. Mr. Producer, have you ever done that? Have you ever done that with Rich, the call screener? Hey, Rich, we're going to do this by the book tonight. I'm just sending myself an email to remind myself I told you that. Only to, <laughs> only to cover his caboose. <laughs> that's, that's why everybody does that. So you have to ask yourself, if Susan Rice is sending a cover my caboose email to herself, what is she covering about that January 5th meeting where all the spy gay plotters are there? Obama, Biden, Rice, Brennan, Clapper, Comey, Yates, they're all there. What comes up in that meeting? Unlike journalists, I'll acknowledge, I'm speculating a bit because I was not a fly on the wall at the meeting, but based on a number of source documents I've read and a number of things that have become public from the people who were at the meeting, we can surmise some things and speculate on a few. Here's what I think happened at that meeting. They now know they've got nothing on Flynn. Why? Because the day before, literally January 4th, the FBI tries to close the case, again, citing no derogatory information. I will bet you Obama, red with fury, redlining, temperature at 104, cannot take it that the FBI was unleashed on Mike Flynn for months and found nothing. Their own words, the FBI. No derogatory information. Not mine. He can't take it. He cannot digest the fact that Michael Flynn, his arch nemesis, is going to be the incoming national security advisor, has a significant history with the intelligence community and knows where all the bodies are buried, and that Mike Flynn 
is now going to uncover the biggest scandal in U.S. history because he's going to have a clearance and he's going to figure out that they both set him up and they set the Trump team up with this ridiculous collusion hoax and the Steele dossier. So they panic in this January 5th. By the book meeting, Rich. By the book. All by the book, of course. And what do they do? They then hatch the Logan Act plot. But don't put it down in any FBI paperwork. We're investigating him for the Logan Act. We'll be laughed out of court. I got an idea. Just wait a few days. Turns into a couple weeks. And then go and interview Flynn because he's not in office yet. Remember, it's January 5th. Obama's still the president for a couple more days. Go and interview Flynn about this call. Obama knows about the call. Sally Yates says. Sally Yates has said on the record she heard about the call from Obama. From Obama. What the president's doing, listening in or monitoring the calls or checking in on the calls of a three-star U.S. US general with no derogatory information on is the scandal of the century, but the media doesn't care. Yates has already admitted she learned about the call from Obama. They hatched this plot. Well, we didn't get him with the Steele dossier. Let's go interview him, and we'll get him on this fake Logan Act thing, and we'll get him for lying to the FBI. You may say, well, why did the FBI play along with this? That's a fair question, folks. You may say, why would, even though Jim Comey is the worst director in the history of the FBI, there isn't even a close second how awful Jim Comey is, a man of zero principles at all. Zero. I wouldn't trust this kid with my car or my house keys, Comey. The worst. The worst. You may say, why did they play along at this point? Obama's leaving office. Comey and Sally Yates are going to continue on as the FBI director, and Sally Yates is still employed by the Department of Justice. Biden and Obama obviously are not going to continue on in office. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the FBI was part of this. Jim Comey had signed off on FISA warrants to spy on the Trump team that were based exclusively on a dossier that was fake. Now, you may say, well, what does that have to do with Comey then agreeing in this January 5th meeting, we can surmise, to go forward with this ridiculous Logan Act thing and interviewing Flynn and trying to trap him in a perjury trap? Why would Comey go along? Ha <laughs> ha ho! It's a $64 quadrillion question, isn't it? Because the very next day, in a briefing with President Trump that Mike Flynn is in on, Mike Flynn starts asking questions. About what? About the dossier. Oh, oh, Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. Those of you over the age of 40 probably get the reference. Everyone else, maybe not. January 6th. You don't believe me? Go read the IG report. January 6th, Jim Comey goes to uh, meet with President Trump, and Mike Flynn is in that meeting. It's all in the IG report. Flynn sends himself, look at my wife, bring it in to Chipotle on the air. You want to say hello to the audience? No, she doesn't, because I'm really starving, folks. You smell? Can you smell that through the radio? I'm a big Chipotle, double rice, double chicken. I'll have to eat it during the break. You see my mouth water. 
January 6th, Comey meets with Trump and Flynn's there. Comey's again dumb enough because he's not that bright. The next day, January 7th, to send an email about the meeting. And Rich, get a load of this one. I'm talking to Mr. Producer because I need you to get this. You are the audience referee for this. This numbskull sends an email the next day and says, hey, one of Trump's national security representatives, it was Mike Flynn, trust me. He doesn't name Flynn by name. It's definitely Flynn. One of Trump's national security representatives started asking questions about the sourcing of the dossier. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, Paula, I need the adobo. I can't eat Chipotle without adobo. Please. I'm not kidding. There really is Chipotle here. I'm going to eat during the break. Flynn starts asking questions. That's why the FBI goes along with this plot to set him up and frame him in an interview just days after this. Because they have to. Comey has to get rid of Flynn too. Because Flynn starts asking questions. Hey, Flynn, I can imagine in this January 6th meeting to be a fly on the wall. Can you imagine what's going on here? Flynn is in this meeting, a man, a three-star general with more dignity in his fingernail than Comey has in his whole body. And he's listening to this lying snake tell President Trump about a dossier. And Flynn's probably scratching his head, right, Mr. Producer? And he's probably saying, what the, a pee-pee tape? Flynn's got to be like, you're the FBI director, right? You're talking to the president-elect here, Mr. Trump, and me as his incoming national security advisor, about pee-pee tapes? Flynn has to be thinking to himself, this can't possibly be happening. We're talking pee-pee tapes? So you're briefing the president. Uh, who, Who briefed you? Where did you get this from? I got to imagine Comey's like, ah, 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 He doesn't tell him the truth, of course. Oh, we got it from a paid operative who hasn't been to Russia in decades who put it down in a form and we verified absolutely none of it. Oh, by the way, he was paid for by Hillary Clinton. Oh, 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 thanks. Thanks for that little nugget. All right, I got to take a break. But I want to leave you with this it's super critical, important point. I'm sorry, Mr. Producer. I know I'm killing you with the time clock, but this is important. How does Flynn know to ask Comey about the PP tape stuff and the source? Because the United Kingdom, where Christopher Steele worked, the source of the dossier, had already warned Mike Flynn that Steele was full of crap. Oh, his story's just full of juice. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Wow. (laughs) Not only am I wolfing down this Chipotle here during the break, but a lady just emailed me. She's very upset about the Karen's thing. I had to know. Listen, my name is Dan. Did you ever see those, Mr. Producer, you ever see those lists that come out? They have a list of, um, let's call them, um, it's usually an expletive there, but let's say jerk names. Dan, that's my name, is always number one. So Karen, who emailed me, I'm very sorry that the term Karen has become a term for people 
who rat on other people out there. My apologies. It's just out there in the public space. That's what, if you wonder why I said the term Karen, that's what they call them, Karens. People who rat on people who are like out there walking their dogs and stuff, they call them Karens. I'm not knocking Karens. And from a guy who's named Dan, whose name constantly appears at the top of the list of nuisance people named Dan, I get it. So I got your email, Karen. Very sorry. I didn't make it up. It just is what it is. You knew that was happening, right, Mr. Producer? You can't, especially when you get millions of listeners. Now, folks, back to the important stuff. So Obama has this meeting. He's about to leave office on January 5th, and it's pretty crystal clear at this point that the plot gets hatched now that they know their scam to spy on the Trump team using the Steele dossier. Now that they know this is going nowhere, and they know Flynn knows too, because we, as we've seen from Sidney Powell, his lawyer's legal filings in court, she writes in one of her filings that Flynn... Mike Flynn received a correspondence from the United Kingdom warning him as the incoming national security advisor that, hey, that steel guy who's been writing this pee-pee tape dossier, that's probably a lot of BS. Flynn is on to the whole scam. And he starts asking Comey about it. And Comey freaks out. But what else happens on January 5th? Incredibly enough, Christopher Steele, we now know this, because again, if you do investigative kind of reporting, which the media people don't do, in a recent court deposition, because Christopher Steele's being sued about the dirty dossier and the pee-pee stuff and all that other nonsense, in an actual court uh, deposition, Christopher Steele was asked about his sources. You know, the same thing Mike Flynn was asking Jim Comey. Hey, the pee-pee tape stuff, where'd you guys get that from? I got a letter from the United Kingdom saying that stuff may be a little crazy. Well, Christopher Steele in court, what do you think he said when he was asked about his sources? They said, hey, do you have emails between you and your sources about all that stuff? You know, the PP tape dossier stuff? He said, no, uh, um, um, I deleted them. They said, you did? Wow, that's weird. You're an intelligence man, right? Involved with Fusion GPS and Orbis and all that stuff. You deleted your own email train of your source. Why would you do that? They asked him, hey, Chris. Oh, Karen just sent a thank you on email. Thank you, Karen. There you go. Did you see less than in a lifetime? But interestingly enough, they asked Christopher Steele, when did you delete those emails? What date do you think that is, Mr. Producer? January 5th, the same day of the Obama office meeting. I'm Dan Bongino with for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. So I just found out Richie V's in tomorrow for the great one. Richie V, can't you acknowledge, though, straight up. Let's just be straight up with you. Filling in for a man they call the great one is almost, it's just an, it's an unwinnable task. It, it, you can't do it. All you can do is represent old school. Richie V is more than competent. But I said to him, and he's going to have to say this on the air tomorrow. We're passing them off a solid show today. We're passing them off the Olympic torch of radio broadcast. He's got to take it and run with it tomorrow. So don't miss Richie V tomorrow on the Levin Show. I will be listening to on the SiriusXM app, which I always do. He's on Patriot, right? I'm pretty sure. That's right. I forget sometimes because I just get the only station I have on there. And I have Fox, too. So, I, again, we're asking, you know, we're just asking questions that, 
alleged journalists won't ask, because if you don't hear these questions here, you will never hear them anywhere. And another one is, well, aren't you a little bit suspicious about this January 5th, 2017 Oval Office meeting from Obama that Susan Rice memorializes in email? Where she says, hey, uh, you know, it, in this January 5th meeting, we, we Obama told us to do everything by the book, but it appears that nothing's by the book. It appears that that day the plot to go get Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn is hatched just days before President Trump is supposed to take office. Don't you find it odd in the same day as that Oval Office meeting where they hatch this Logan Act plot to go after Mike Flynn? That Mike Flynn who knows about the Steele dossier being a fraud? He knows because the United Kingdom's already warned him. The same day as that Oval Office meeting, Christopher Steele, who was a source for Hillary Clinton's campaign and the PP dossier, Christopher Steele's emails all magically disappear. They go to the same place as that original FBI 302 we still can't find, the Ren and Stimpy land of the left socks, that nobody can seem to find anything that goes there. Remember, Ren, where they go? Nobody knows. I, I can't even do the Ren voice. That well, I definitely can't do Stimpy. But the, everything keeps disappearing with the Obama administration. Isn't it just amazing that no one in the media is even remotely curious how the same day Obama hatches this Oval Office plot just days from leaving office to go and knock Mike Flynn off for this Logan Act thing? Because Mike Flynn knows that Obama's team and the Democrats have been using this fake dossier. Nobody finds it odd that the guy they've been using for the dossier in the same day Obama hatches the plot, deletes all his emails about his sources for the dossier. Don't worry, media people. Don't ask any questions there. The timing, I'm sure, is all coincidental. You think someone may have kind of leaked out to steal? Hey, um... This guy, Flynn, the incoming national security advisor, yeah, he, he's on to us. You may want to delete your email trail about how you got the fake information. What fake information? You know, the PP stuff? Now, you may say to yourself, if you're a liberal who still can't accept over the last two hours and 37 minutes, the story I've been telling you is being true because your skull's coated with vibranium or or maybe adamantium you know you read the marvel comics it's not vibranium it's adamantium like wolverine and the you know the information can't penetrate i get that you may say you may be saying to yourself well dan you don't have any evidence that mike flynn knew that christopher Steele's pp tape dossier you know that obama knew mike flynn knew about that follow me here mr producers may get a little confused with me. then you may say well for obama to get worried about what flynn knew about the dossier obama would have to know what flynn knew about the dossier right fair question and some of you libs may be asking that question right now but don't worry we have evidence that they knew that too we have evidence in the exact same legal filing mike flynn's lawyer presented in court where she indicates that that letter from the united kingdom to mike flynn during the transition, saying, hey, uh, General, yeah, the Trump team like, was spied on with this dossier, and the guy who wrote it may be full of crap. Where else did that letter go? No way. No way. Not to Susan Rice, too, Obama's national security advisor. Yes way. Old Susan Rice got it, too. So Susan Rice is probably like, oh, boy. What do we do now? I better write this email to myself about that meeting saying it was all done by the book.
Because if it was done by the book, we wouldn't be using a PP tape from a guy whose own country is disavowed as being a terrible source of information. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's mildly troublesome, isn't it? Awfully convenient how people in the media can't put two and two together because they don't want to. You hear that thunder in the background? Down here in Florida. It's getting ready to rock and roll Florida style. When it rains down here, man, it the heavens open up like you've never seen in your life. I've been down here six years. I've never seen rain like this in my life. A little allergies going too, sorry. You a little bit curious about that media, folks? January 5th, Obama Oval Office meeting. Department of Justice, Sally Yates, hears that Obama knows about this phone call between Flynn and the Russians. They already know, Susan Rice knows, that Flynn is on to them. The next day, Flynn starts asking questions about the dossier. And then two weeks later, he gets ambushed, interviewed at the White House by two FBI agents that aren't aware, apparently, they're supposed to set him up. They interview him about sanctions, although they don't interview him about sanctions because they never took an, They never asked him a question about sanctions. They asked him about expulsions, which were totally different. The FBI's own paperwork. Yes, own paperwork mentions nothing about sanctions they allege Mike Flynn lied about. Their paperwork, not mine, not mine. And then they go back and they fill out an FBI 302 about the interview they conducted. And as I said to you, I didn't forget where I was about two breaks ago. Nobody can seem to find that original FBI 302. Nobody. You may say, well, Dan, that's because it doesn't exist. You sure about that, Libs? You sure? Because, again, you have no evidence anything you say is ever true, but I have evidence everything you're saying is false. Let's go to Jim Comey, former director of the FBI, for the Libs who don't do that history kind of thing. Let's go to his own sworn testimony in front of Congress, because you may be saying, well, the reason the FBI didn't take notes about the interview right away with Flynn is because they forgot and there was no draft 302. So there's nothing to find, Dan. You're saying they're hiding the 302. I'm a liberal. I know what I'm talking about. That original 302 doesn't exist. It wasn't filled out two weeks later. Okay, let's go get the receipts. Here's Jim Comey's actual testimony in front of Congress for the libs. He says, and he's talking about the agents who went and interviewed Flynn. He says, and the agents, and the reason I mentioned their experience is because I talked to them about this. They discern no physical indications of deception. Well, wait, wait, hold on. Time out. Mr. Producer, we may have to cut the show right now. The FBI and Bob Mueller's team swore Mike Flynn lied to them about the sanctions they never asked him about in the interview. Did, did, did they not? He was charged with making false statements to the FBI. Right, folks? I'm just following the fact pattern here. Yet Jim Comey's own testimony in front of Congress says because he specifically talked to the agents about this and he says, quote, they discern no physical indications of deception. Um, am I, I wait, clearly I'm reading this wrong. I'm getting a little older. I'm 45. Eyes don't work like they used to. Does that they discern no physical? No, no, I'm reading that exactly right. So the agents who interviewed Flynn who was later charged with lying to the FBI, the actual agents told Jim Comey they saw no physical indications of him lying? Wow, that's some case you got there. The FBI guys are really on the ball with that one. Oh, it gets worse. Comey continues. They even, 
I'm I'm sorry. It's not funny. I'm just I'm laughing at their incompetence because this was like a crew of numbnuts like you've never seen before in your life. This is a spy story for morons. Like you need an IQ in the double digits for this to make sense. The FBI charges Flynn with lying to the FBI despite telling the FBI that their own supervisor, he didn't lie. And despite the supervisor testifying under oath in front of Congress that they didn't detect any lying. And not only that, Comey elaborates on it. He goes on. He says, the agents didn't see any change in posture, tone, inflection, or eye contact. They saw nothing that indicated to them that he knew he was lying to them. <laughs> what the heck? These are the dumbest wannabe frame artists you have ever seen in your entire life. That's Comey's actual testimony, folks. You can Google that. They discern no physical indications of deception, no change in posture, tone, inflection, eye contact. They saw nothing that indicated to them that he knew he was lying to them. This This actually happened. Oh, it gets better. Comey goes on, again, in his sworn testimony. And the agents interviewed him completely. They went through it all. They did not show him the transcript, their transcripts. And then they came back and drafted a 302 and reported to me and the deputy. Oh, deputy, deputy. So just to be clear, Jim, Comey. Comey's the real Karen. Like, it should be Jim, not Karen. You should be called a Jim just because of Jim Comey. And I'm sorry to the Jim, it's my brother's name, but if, if Jim Comey has ruined Jim for everyone. So just to be clear, your FBI, in conjunction with the corrupt Mueller probe, charged a decorated three-star general who was set up by the Obama administration. You admit that they set him up in your own book, Andy McCabe, Deputy Director of the FBI. They charged him with lying to the FBI, despite the agents who interviewed him writing down in a draft 302 because they told Comey the same thing, that they didn't think he was lying, that he was showing no indications of lying. And despite the fact that they acknowledged that they drafted a 302 immediately that nobody can seem to find. Yeah, folks, don't worry. Um, There's absolutely nothing to see here. Nothing at all. Hey, can we take a call? I feel bad these people have been waiting for. Me. Who should we take, Mr. Call Screener? This is a powerful decision. Don't mess us up because you will be in tomorrow. And if you ruin this, forget it. Karen? We should take Karen, right? Let's take Karen in Los Angeles, California. Karen, redeeming Karens all over the world right now. Karen, you're on with Dan Bongino. What do you got for us? Hi. Hi, Dan. Hello. Love your show. Thank you. You're Hi. I just I just wondered what you think about there was an announcement I think today with Barr coming out and saying that he um doesn't anticipate any criminal investigation or charges into Biden and uh, Obama. Have you Yeah, that's interesting. And I listened to the whole thing. Hmm? And there's one part of that I want you to pay very close attention to. And I I I rarely and you know, you probably listen to my show and you know I'm Always very hesitant to talk about who will be arrested and who won't. Because, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that's what happens when you eat Chipotle during the show. 
I say that because having been a former federal agent myself, I can't control that anymore. And I just don't know. And I've been let down by the government so often. I hate to make the predictions game. But having said that, Barr was very clear that he doesn't anticipate criminal charges against Obama or Biden based on the information he has now. Maybe read into it, maybe don't. But he then goes on to describe how they are actively looking into others. My guess, Karen, and thank you for redeeming all Karens all over the world. We do appreciate it. My guess here is that Brennan Clapper, the leaker of the Flynn conversation to David Ignatius of the Washington Post, and others who may have made misrepresentations either in front of a court or been involved in a conspiracy to defraud the court, may have some legal liability. My guess, and this may not make you happy, but it is what it is. My guess is that the Obama administration covered their tracks and wound up erasing Obama's footprints. And I don't mean that in a, like they deleted a digital trail. I believe everything was done through surrogates, and I believe Barr knows that. And that's why I believe he said not every abuse of power is criminal. I, I, again, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying anything other than I think on the strict legal front, I think that's what he was getting at. So I appreciate the call, Karen. Good question. I'm probably, a lot of people are probably thinking that. I just, the legal part is tough. You have to prove the elements of a crime and Obama as the former president, they do have a lot of power to do things. And unfortunately it appears they abused it. And may have gotten away with it. All right, folks, getting ready to wrap up the show. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. So I told you I'd wrap this up with the judge, right? The judge in the Flynn case. Because surely you're saying to yourself, by the way, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Thanks for listening the whole time. But I only have a few minutes, so I want to tie this story up about Mike Flynn. You may be saying to yourself, okay, we know the man was set up. Now we know the man didn't lie about sanctions because he wasn't asked about sanctions. If you read the FBI's own paperwork. We know Mike Flynn was warned about the Steele dossier. We know Mike Flynn started asking questions about the Steele dossier. We know he's then framed and set up on a fake Logan Act charge it has never been successfully used in the history of the United States because it's an abomination of a joke. You may say, where the heck is the judge in all this? Well, that's a great question. That is a fantastic question. Well, Judge Sullivan is busy right now trying to get the government to not throw out this abomination of a case because Judge Sullivan is a... Seemingly surrendered any common sense at this point out of his hatred for Mike Flynn. And Judge Flynn, uh, Judge Sullivan, excuse me, in the Flynn case. Judge Sullivan uh, was asked a question about this 302 as well. And he rendered his little court opinion there. And we have the record of that. Remember the original 302 nobody can find? You know, the 302 where the FBI probably wrote Flynn didn't lie despite charging the FBI with lying. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that one. Yeah, that, 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 that one. That's right. So here's Judge Sullivan's own words, the dreadful Judge Sullivan, his own words about what you would think would be a rather important document. No, you're charging the man with spying. 
Can you, the government, produce that FBI 302? He says they were talking about the 302. He says, notwithstanding the best efforts of everyone, he's talking about their efforts to locate the 302 that nobody can find. He says, you know, things happen and documents are lost. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> Rich, remember that bumper sticker? It happens with an SH in front. Remember that one? That's Judge Sullivan. There's his take. Stuff happens. Nah, don't worry. They only lost the document saying Flynn didn't lie. Despite you being the judge in a case, the FBI is accusing him of lying. But don't worry. Stuff happens. Don't worry. That's Judge Sullivan's on, not mine. Oh, my gosh. Folks, uh, uh, this man, I'm telling you, this has to be fixed. All right, listen, I really appreciate you all listening tonight. Thank you for all the feedback on Twitter. You can check me out at Bongino.com. And if you want some background on the story, pick up my book, Exonerated, on Amazon, where I just give you the background of this dreadful Mueller probe. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.